You are listening to the Vita Foods Insights podcast. Join us as we explore the key issues and emerging trends affecting the global health and nutrition industry, helping businesses make informed decisions and drive change. Welcome to the Vita Foods Insights podcast. I'm Charlotte Bastiansa, joined by Dr. Julia Weber, who is R&D Director at Nectium. Dr. Weber, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me in the program. Um, we're chatting today about Nectium's new mango leaf extract ingredient, um, which I believe has been designed to be a natural caffeine replacement, and you've done clinical studies that have proven that it's got energy boosting and mental benefits. So, Dr. Weber, I'm really curious to know about the research and the science background of this ingredient. Um, let's just start off by investigating what applications are Nectim researching primarily at the moment? Well, uh, since cyanamide is being promoted for the use as a caffeine replacement ingredient, as you already mentioned, Nectim is actively researching both the nootropic and the sports performance activities. So we have completed studies showing the brain activation as well as improvement in sports performance in formulations where we have replaced the caffeine with cyanamide. Okay, great. So this is obviously an ingredient that would be adapted for the mental wellness and sports nutrition space. Um, I'd like to chat a little bit more about the research that went into this ingredient. Can you walk us through how you set out to develop the research, um, what the imperatives were, and basically yeah. just an overview of the studies that, yeah. Yeah, um, well, actually, we were tracking the, the concern about the side effects of caffeine for some years. And if you look at the scientific literature, you, you can see an almost exponential increase of publications on this topic. So what we decided was to develop a fast-acting botanical extract to replace caffeine that had both nootropic and sports performance activities and is free of side effects without addictive and tolerance potential. Um, you know about the side effects of caffeine and uh, the, the jitters, the heart problems, and the recommended dose um, of a recent review is about 400 milligrams while the DSM-5, the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual, used by psychiatrists worldwide, has included caffeine intoxication as a disorder, and they are warning of side effects about 250 milligrams. So um, this does not mean that caffeine is not safe. Actually, it's really safe. And at a low dose, it gives you this feeling of mood and concentration, even improved reaction time. But the problem is the tolerance. So we all develop uh, tolerance pretty fast. And in the end, what we are chasing when we are going for the third cup of coffee is the withdrawal effect. And we don't really feel this uh, stimulant effect anymore. At the same time, yeah. the amount of caffeine intake per day is enormous. So a Starbucks coffee grandy contains 400 milligram of caffeine. So that's actually already the maximum daily dose. And then you have a cup of tea and an energy bar and you get easily 2000 milligram per day. And people are aware of that now more and more. They are looking for alternatives. So based on this trend, our R&D and innovation team um, began a global search for a safe and effective ingredient to replace caffeine or to be even superior than caffeine. And mm, the advantage we have at Nectium is that unlike many other companies, 
we have the expertise to understand the ethnobotanical background behind many botanicals. And this is thanks to Dr. Nigel Gericke, who's our scientific director. And um, Dr. Gericke is a medical doctor and ethnobotanist. And he has many years of experience in this industry and a huge knowledge of the traditional use of plants. So under his guidance, we used an ethnobotanical approach to new ingredient discovery. So what we did, we reviewed international ethnobotanical literature of the use of plants in, in traditions, for example, Ayurved medicine, traditional Chinese medicine, and also looked at our own ethnobotanical records from Europe, Russia, Amazonian, African plants, and so on. And then we selected 50 botanical candidates and reviewed them. Before you can go into any further uh, studies, you have to look at safety, um, plant chemistry, pharmacology, the potential efficacy, also supply and the regulation, the regulatory situation. And then we chose the most, the 10 most promising candidates and screened them, them in an in vivo analysis. And we were really surprised to find out that several of them contained the xanthone mangifrin. So um, one of these candidates was mangifera indica and uh, mango leaves are, are not a problem in terms of sustainability or production. And it's a food in many parts of the world. So we decided to, to use um, mango leaves and do a proprietary extract standardized um, to the active of cyanamide and well, we later trademarked it at Cyanamide and took it into preclinical and clinical research. So um, the studies we performed on the ingredient, um, we were researching um, Cyanamide now for four years almost. And we started, of course, with preclinical studies, as I mentioned before. We used an innovative EEG RED model and we looked at four different brain areas and six frequency ranges in the brain in 10 of these uh, 50 botanicals and compared them to animals that were given caffeine. So we also did the EEG in these animals. And what we saw for xynamide is that, first of all, it crossed the blood-brain barrier, which was very important for us, and it had a strikingly similar brain activity activation on EEG to caffeine. So um, we then combined cyanamide with caffeine to see what happens. And we saw that we got a synergistic effect, which indicates that there are two different mechanisms of action ongoing. So it's not the same, uh, it's both similar, but it has not the same effect. And we were then able to confirm this in detailed in vitro studies, looking at 90 different CNS targets, where we saw that while caffeine inhibits PDE4 and acts as an adenosine receptor antagonist, dynamite, which is a multi-component ingredient, is way more unspecific in its activity. One of the activities um, we, we could show was a COMT inhibition, and this means it modulates the levels of dopamine and serotonin and norepinephrine in, in, um, in the body. So um, the synergy also means that um, it gives companies the, the, the option to not only replace caffeine, but also to use the synergistic effect and reduce the dose of caffeine dramatically and um, um, combine it with, uh, with an, a huge amount of cyanamide. So have like 80% of cyanamide, 20% of caffeine. 
So after the in vivo studies, we tested the effect in long-term potentiation in the red hippocampus. And the hippocampus is the, uh, the region of the brain responsible for memory. So uh, what we found is that zynamide increased the long-term potentiation even more than caffeine. So this means that zynamide increases attention, learning and memory, and we can consider it as a novel natural nootropic that can use to be um, that can be used to replace caffeine. So these preclinical studies have been published in uh, food and nutrition science, and we also took out a patent to protect the CNS activity. And then we moved on um, with this um, preclinical data. We moved on to clinical trials. Um, and we did six randomized control trials in humans with cyanamide. And two clinical studies are actually ongoing. So um, to give you an idea, the first three clinical trials, we focused on the nootropic effect. And we demonstrated a caffeine-like mental activation effect of cyanamide through the changes in the brain electrical, uh, electrical activity in EEGs while people were doing cognitive challenges. And um, in psychometric tests, we found an improvement of the calculation performance. We had a faster reaction time and a significant decrease in the stress response measured by a galvanic skin response. And a very interesting thing, and of course very important for caffeine replacement, was that um, there was no change in heart variability and no change in blood pressure. So what we demonstrate here is that zynamide delivers the benefits of caffeine without the drawbacks. So the question was, what was what next after uh, having these um, nootropic effect? And for us, the next logical step was to try to replace caffeine um, in sports performance products because um, uh, sports performance is a, is a huge arena for caffeine replacement because 80% basically of sports performance products contain caffeine as yeah, an ergogenic right. aid. So the problem is that while you, you are in an extreme physical situation doing exercise, you have an increased risk of arrhythmia due to the caffeine. So this is increasing the, the, the side effect and the danger of caffeine. And then there's, there's an interesting trend that um, sports, that athletes um, are more and more aware, especially um, team, team uh, sports athletes, of the importance of uh, mental acuity, reaction time, and focus for the workout. And often it's these, um, these, this um, nootropic activity what, what makes the difference when pushing through uh, the last minutes of a long game. So many of them already complete their list of supplements for physical performance with a nootropic. And again, we get to the problem. Nootropics contain caffeine, sports performance products contain caffeine, and the caffeine uh, amount is increasing, and still there is this tolerance uh, situation. So Zynamite somehow offers a two-in-one solution that provides the mental and the physical energy without the side effects, which is ideal for sports people. So, after having the nootropic effect, we decided to aim for the caffeine replacement in sports performance. And here we work with uh, Pro Professor Jose Lopez Calvet from the University of Las Palmas. And he is one of Europe's leading sports physiologists. He did uh, a first pilot randomized double-blind placebo-controlled trial for us in 12 athletes to interrogate the ergogenic effect of cyanamide in uh, two different uh, caffeine-free 
pattern pending formulations, and he got excellent results on power output under fatigue conditions um, in cycling ergometers. So um, with this data, we decided to go for a bigger trial in 30 athletes to confirm the data. And what we found was an increase of power of five to seven percent, five yes, five to seven percent when the subjects were exhausted. So you you might think, oh, five to seven percent, you know, that sounds like uh, like not like a lot. But if you think that caffeine, if it shows an effect, the increase is of two percent of the improvement of performance, maximum three to four percent. We can easily compete with caffeine in in that sense. Also. Yeah. To, to, to be the first one to win a race or be one of the last ones, it's often a difference of, of 1%. So you don't need much in sports performance. So um, the most spectacular increase we got was 11 to 19% in peak power when the subjects were completely exhausted. And then after 20 seconds of occlusion of, both, of blood supply in, in supply in both legs, followed by reperfusion, of course, they had to sprint. And this is really a um, very extreme way to interrogate a sports performance product. And this is when we really got the, the biggest result. And this is what um, the athletes actually need. When they, when they are exhausted, they need this extra boost. So um, what these sports performance uh, trials show is um, that uh, we have a greater effect than, than caffeine for power output. And we got an improved brain oxygenation and an improved muscle oxygen, oxygen utilization and also an improved VO2 max. So how does this translate uh, for, to, to athlete language? Um, it gives the athlete the extra boost when he most needs it, and it helps him to push through until the end. For example, if you think of a, a CrossFit class, the last 10 min minutes, I mean, everything hurts and you just want to go home. And, or a marathon or football match, or even a workout series in the gym. So it just helps you to, to really get through to the end. And we also put, published this data in the journal um, Frontiers in Physiology and in Nutrients. Both are peer-reviewed and indexed journals. And we also took out a patent uh, to protect um, the sports data. So what we actually showed with all these six randomized control trials is that cyanamide has no negative side effects. It's a brain stimulant, a nootropic um, product, and it has better ergogenic activity than caffeine. So this makes the applications very broad. It can replace yeah. uh, caffeine completely um, or partly because of the synergistic effect that can be used, and it works for nootropics and sports products. So um, besides of all the studies uh, we did to show the efficacy of the product, we also um, did toxi toxicology studies to demonstrate that cyanamide does not cause um, any adverse effects. And um, obviously, it did not cause any adverse uh, physical behavior or even histological effects at an enormous dose of 2,000 milligram per kilo, kilo body weight per day. So um, these data are also submitted uh, for publication, and we are currently waiting for the self-growth status um, in the United States. And meanwhile, we are working on the regulatory requirements for South Korea because um, it's a very interesting market for us because of the enormous interest in the esports and these products they need the combination of mental acuity and physical performance. So Zynamite is ideal. 
and it's doping free, tested for all the VADA banned substances, and it's not addictive. And I don't know if you have ever looked at the ingredient list of e-gaming products, but it is really um, scary because it's a huge soup of products mixed in there. So everything that uh, has uh, shown to be a stimulant at some stage is put in there. And one of the products is obviously is always caffeine and often at very high doses. And a main problem of caffeine is, um, is often the, the stacking. So many side effects have been shown when caffeine is combined with other stimulants because they affect the metabolism of caffeine and, and a re reasonable dose of, let's say, 100 milligram has a way uh, stronger effect. So, um, yeah, well, this is um, how we developed um, the, the product. Brilliant, Dr. Vibel. Thank you. That's a very in-depth um, outline, and um, I really appreciate learning more about how your ingredient was developed. I'd like to actually go back and ask you, because, you know, you've, you've been through this whole process. Um, what, how exactly did you design the clinical study? What was the timeline from the time that you looked at the botanical um, candidates? And how exactly, you know, do you go about sourcing your participants? Um, did you partner up with external um, institutions for the clinical study? Um, you know, I'd really just mm -hmm. be interested to hear a little bit more about how it was designed and set out. Well, this is a very, um, very important question, and I'm happy that you asked that. And the question actually for us is, how do we design a study that really, give, um, that really gives reliable data? And how do you recognize if data of studies are reliable? This is something very important for us to compare our products, but also for, the, for our customers, because there's so much, uh, there's so much uh, things coming out, and you never know, is this really a real effect? Is it true, or is it too good to be true? So, um, of course, the, one of the most important things is to, to include the endpoints the market is interested in. So the whole, um, the whole uh, trial is designed about around these endpoints. And um, of course, the trial design, um, I already mentioned that we do a randomized control trial. Um, they are double-blinded. And we also check for the proper concealment. And um, this means that even though you do a randomization properly and nobody should know what he's actually taking, um, Sometimes the people can feel the effect, so you have to ask subjects and, and make sure they don't feel it, because then you still would uh, get a placebo effect. So we ask them, and it's funny because they are often wrong, because they say, "Oh, today it was much harder, so I'm 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 sure I'm taking placebo," because they don't see their results. But we see the results. It was harder because they pushed themselves harder, because they got this extra kick. And so, so we make sure they, um, we analyze these, these questions as well to make sure they couldn't guess. And then a very important question is, um, who is doing your trials? So to yeah. choose an expert in the field to design the protocol and perform the trial, this is crucial. So we only work with experts with a very good reputation and with previous published work demonstrating they are expert in this field. Because if you take someone who the last trial was on weight loss and the trial before was on immunity, how will this person be able to design a trial at this extreme level? It's impossible. And also, the researchers publish the studies under their name, and someone with a very good reputation will never risk um, this reputation by doing a shaky study with uh, not really clear data. 
So um, this brings us to the question, how do you recognize if data of a study are really reliable? And sometimes you get these breathtaking results and you just think, oh, how can a botanical be able to get a human body to these levels of performance? It's just too good to be true. And there are things you can look at, like the design. I mean, that's easy. It's randomized, double blind. That's the easiest part. Um, you look at the author. Is he experienced, known in his field? And then you can look at the journal. Is this a journal of the field or is it a different field where the reviewers are not experts? This is like, for example, um, let's say you publish astrophysics data in the daily newspaper. It looks glamorous, but the editors definitely are not able to check if the results are reliable. They have to believe what the author is telling them. And this is why a, a peer-reviewed paper with expert reviewers protects you because they, they, mm, they see what is junk and what is real, real science. So, and then you look at the results and you see the results shown and also the results not shown. And this is often where you can see that this study is not reliable because uh, if basic things are not shown, and this is something you need an expert to see that, data are missing, you know, they probably did not support these results or they don't even have these data. And also, Interesting, yeah. is the is the, um, the the result the what the what the study claims uh, it is done for? So, for example, let's say it's for for sports uh, for to improve performance. And you look at the data, and what you see is, oh, the study improved brain oxygenation, but you don't have data of the performance. What they do is they say, oh, because brain oxygenation has shown to be um, a positive to improve performance, we conclude this is for performance. So, but you have no actual data in human beings showing improved performance. And this is the difference with dynamite. We really have shown that dynamite improved performance. Not only key, um, key uh, actives or, or increases something that might later lead to improved performance. So, the, why I'm giving so much importance to that is that Science is becoming such an important USP in this industry. Everyone has to have the science for the products. And they want the science, of course, in a simple study in a few months and not too expensive. And this is impossible. I mean, to have proper science behind the product is a long process. And this is why we are working for four years on the development of Zynamite and invested a huge amount of money to, to do all these studies one after another, we started the first one as a fishing expedition, I would say. We casted a huge net with a very complicated, mm. sophisticated protocol, looking basically into everything possible to, to see if we can pick up the effect and where we can pick it up, you don't know before. Yeah. And then you can go with the next study with a bigger group and you increase the group of people and you confirm the data. So we compete with these, uh, let's say, a bit more shaky studies where we, where you wouldn't believe that the results if you really look at the, at the, um, if you're an expert and you have the, the capacity to differentiate. And so it's important for us that um, that customers also know about that and know how to look at studies. And fortunately, the, there is a change in the industry, and we were really surprised how high-level scientific questions we got from some of our, our clients. So um, they really checked for scientific data and, and looked at every single detail. So that was nice uh, to see. And I already mentioned, you asked if we work with external institutions. And 
yes, our clinical trials are all done by independent uh, contract research groups, CROs and university research groups. For the CNS, we did the studies with a German CRO. And for sports nutrition, we worked with um, Professor Lopez Calvet here at the University of Las Palmas, as I mentioned before. And um, we got really lucky um, to have him here close by and that he agreed to work with us. Um, I knew him um, from my time as postdoc at the university. And I know he is very busy and very picky about what he wants to work on because he can really choose at this uh, level um, where he works. So I asked him, I said, would you uh, do a, a randomized control trial, small one for us to check this product? We really think it has a huge potential. And he agreed and um, he, he developed a really sophisticated protocol to really find out uh, if there is something, we'll see it. And this is something maybe two or three groups worldwide are able to repeat based on the experience, the knowledge, but also on the equipment of the lab, because this is not something um, uh, sitting around in a normal uh, lab at, at the university. So the funny thing was, it was when we got the first results, he was himself, he was surprised by the potency of xynamide uh, because he hadn't expected a botanical to be that powerful. So he called it really yeah. remarkable. So fortunately he got really intrigued um, by xynamide and keeps working with us. And he accompanied us last year to Vita Foods, and he will also be with us this year at Vita Foods again, because um, of course it helps if, um, if the researcher himself who did the trial is there, because as I said before, some clients have more detailed questions and want to know more. And then it's, it's, it's great if someone like uh, Professor Colbert can explain that. And um, yeah. we, did a, we did a study last year on um, where we took during the, the trial, we took muscle samples out of the leg. Um, because we, we um, so muscle biopsy, we wanted to, um, to look at the protein pathways that might be affected. So to get a better idea of the physiological mechanism of the of um, xynamide at the molecular level in, in the muscle tissue. And um, I remember when he showed um, the videos of how they they took the muscle uh, biopsies from the athletes sitting on the on the ergometer working. And some people were really like um, almost shocked to see um, to see that. But this is really what you have to do to really interrogate the, the product at, at highest level, uh, you have to go to, to some extreme to get answers. Yeah, so. absolutely. I think um, I think it's really important to be partnered with experts who are in their field, and, yes. you know, that are credible and reliable. I think it's really interesting that you, you mentioned the depth of knowledge that, you know, that your clients and manufacturers are looking for, because, you know, there's certainly a trend, they're highly educated, um, and they're really driving high-quality research and scientifically-backed claims. Um, yeah. Dr. Weber, are you, is Nectim looking to do further studies this year on Zynamite? Yes, um, or, we are actually, yeah. we are right now, we are doing two, two more studies. And, um, well, and we are analyzing the data from the, from the muscle biopsies. So, because this is, of course, uh, um, taking time because this is very laborious work. But two trials are ongoing at the moment. And um, I think when they are finished, uh, of course, the, the analysis of the trials always take, uh, take a while because we are, mm. we are 
taking so much data and then they have to transfer it in the databases and be analyzed. So there are several pe people working full time for us just doing the trials. So fortunately okay. now we have also a PhD student doing the thesis and this helps a lot. So we have someone really dedicated to, to NACTIM's work. Interesting. And then um, just something I'm interested to know, um, several state authorities have, have banned caffeine. Do you think that this would have an effect on the success of Zynamite? It, it, of course, it affects uh, the, um, the success of Zynamite. It's already, we already see it affects uh, the success of Zynamite because um, we are in negotiation with uh, several international companies and they are all interested in replacing the caffeine in, in products, in beverages, in, um, in sports performance products, in nootropics, or to develop new products based on the fact that they can replace caffeine. So I think the, the FDA guidance um, warning about high, highly caffeinated products from 2018, as well as the, the ban of coffee and caffeinated beverages in schools in South Korea, that was just the beginning and uh, companies are very aware of this uh, this trend and looking for for products to replace caffeine competing for this what the americans call the non-stim energy space right like stimulant but no caffeine yes yeah. so um i think what we what we're going to see is something comparable to what we saw for sugar starting 20 years ago when national, mm. national sweeteners like stevia came up, I think today it's more monk fruit. And finally, um, the consumers want a healthier lifestyle. So the industry has to adapt and even if reluctant, they have to, to replace sugar and they will have to replace caffeine. And I think this informs us where the industry will ultimately go for caffeine as well. And we have an overwhelming interest in, in Zynamite so I think um, that this went very well together. I mean, we saw this trend, we picked up on this trend some years ago and started working on it. And now it's um, manifesting more and more. Yeah, very how those timelines have, um, have overlapped because as you say, I think consumers are really looking for natural solutions in sugar and caffeine. Um, amongst others. Um, you mentioned that you've got um, your researcher who will be at Vita Foods. Um, that's great, and I think, as you said, that's fantastic to have them on hand so that they are able to answer those very in-depth questions. Um, yes. Besides Zynamite, um, what can visitors to your booth expect to experience while you're at VitaFoods this year? Well, um, besides of Zynamite, we have our, our flagship product, Rodeo Life, of course, a very potent um, adaptogen. And we are world leaders in for rhodiola. And um, then we also have um, Santigen, which is uh, Nectium's weight loss, loss um, solution. And this was um, last year uh, finalist at um, Vita Foods Asia for the for the Nutri Ingredients Award. And it's also a very uh, very potent um, product. So. Um, these are basically the, the, our, our three most important products, but um, Zynamite is our star right now. So and this is uh, what we um, focus on. Yeah, we will be happy to, to answer every kind of question. We are at booth um, A10 at, at Vita Foods, and we are there with a, with a huge uh, team. 
Um, Dr. Nigel Gericke, our scientific director, will be there. Dr. Professor Lopez Calvet will be there for, for the really detailed question, questions on sports performance. Myself, I will be there, of course, and, and our marketing and sales team. So I think we'll go there with like nine people because it's really an important show for us. We are nominated for the, for the Nutra Ingredients Award with Zynamite. For, for the research category. And this is, of course, something we are very proud of because um, this really shows that our effort to do really um, good research on this product and work through this way over, over the years um, has, been, um, has been recognized. So um, we, really, we really hope that we win this prize. Actually, I'm pretty sure we're going to win that, that prize. <laughs> But it would be nice because last year we won the, the sports performance prize for, for Zynamite. So it would be nice now to, to um, reinforce it with a prize for, for the research behind the product, which is really, for me, uh, the most important thing. Absolutely. Well, I, I wish you the yeah. best of luck with the awards. I'm sure it will go well. You. <laughs> um, Dr. Thank Weber, you. Thank you so much for chatting to us today about your ingredient. I'm really looking forward to seeing you and the rest of your team at Vitamix this year.